Hello, and welcome to It's an Honor Just to be Podcasted, a highly opinionated experiment in tricking my husband into giving a hash about award shows. That's a new one. It, it's always a new one. Whatever. <laughs> my name is Christopher Basile, and I am the uh, grafter of this here operation. Grafter? I looked up a whole bunch of like weird terms <laughs> from cool. the 20s. <laughs> I'm Alexander Price, and I'm a hot chat reporter looking for the <laughs> latest mock to rake. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> I'm just going off of yeah, your no, energy. I, I know. Um, and I love when we do this that I never really give you much information about even what the vague semblance of the topic is at all. But you, I have but no you idea. follow me on this it's, because it's I'm a awesome. professional. Can you guess what sort of time period we're talking about? Twenties. Yes, we are going back to the late twenties for the very first Oscar ceremony, and I'm going to use this as, just as a comment. I know our first five episodes have been very much about movies and the Oscars. I am sorry about that. It's Ugh. just, it started when it started, and then it happened to coincide with the current Oscars of this year. Alexander's hitting his head on the microphone. Um, I promise the next thing we're going to be talking about is not going to be the Oscars. Hooray! But is there actually another award show you'd be more happy to hear about? No! Exactly. So it's all the same to you. But yes, we are going back to the very first Oscars ever. <laughs> and uh, the reason I'm really doing this is to take a look at why they were created in the first place. To appease you. <laughs> yes, they knew I was going to be born several decades mm -hmm, later. Mm -hmm, just a couple. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that they will eventually entertain me in my teens and forever after. A la a Roman emperor. Just oh. thumbs up. Or down. <laughs> Crash? No, you die. <laughs> well, the Oscars aside. How green was my valley? Die. Okay. And what we're also going to be talking about is how things may have changed or may have not. But really, it's, I found looking at this Everything year. Everything old is new again. Exactly. That looking at this year gives a lot of understanding of what even the Oscars are, what they intended to be. And how they kind of are still the same thing. A waste of my time. <laughs> um, very much so. Dear listener. <laughs> Do you know what year the first Oscars? 1928? Were? Actually, <gasps> never really. <laughs> so, um, well, here's the tricky part. So the ceremony was in 1928. <gasps> oh, I was the winner of the <laughs> podcast. And now we're done. Da, da, da. Welcome. You get to take charge of the podcast next week, then. Is that what you wanted to win? No. I wanted the podcast <laughs> you to, want be, to, escape? to be done for me to <laughs> like finally escape this curse. Yes. Uh. So the, the ceremony was in 1928. However. They were for the movies from 1924. <laughs> if only. They, at this time didn't realize that they should be doing a calendar year sort of scenario with this. So when people refer to these awards, they refer to them as 1927 slash 1928 because the time period of eligibility was from August 1st, 1927 to July 31st of 1928. What? So Think, a year and a half? Uh, More? No, a year. You said January to July. No, I said August 1st oh. to July 31st. I don't know where I you got January. Listen. No, because I got it right, so I don't need to listen past <laughs> me getting something right. Okay, so I'm going to be doing a soliloquy then? Great. Continue. Fantastic. 
So if you notice, this is something similar to kind of what happens with the Tonys. They the theater season is not a calendar year. It Correct. Is, it's a season. Yes. And so they were doing pretty much the same thing, even though the Tonys weren't around at this time. Uh, just in terms of uh, chronologically what was happening, nominees were notified through a telegram in February of 1929. <laughs> in August of 1929. Uh, oh, you totally read it for my bit. Thank you so much. Oh, I thought you were doing it underneath because oh. there's more. Uh, they uh, <laughs> the uh, central board of judges uh, decided the winners. Now, so let me go back. You got an Academy Award, son. Actually, we will get into that. <gasps> was I right again? Kind of. Why am I firing I'm, I'm doing, on? Okay, every... you know what? I'm doing this out of the order that I was expecting. Why to? am I firing on every piston? Okay, what what do you think I'm about to say? That's people son. were told who won. Uh huh. A week before. Three months before. Cool. Cool. I'm still, I, I'm going to count that in the win column. <laughs> and it was like, these people were also cool. Uh, the nominations were announced first. So they did do the full nominations okay. being listed. And then afterwards, they list, they said who had won. And then three months later, they had a ceremony. <sighs> Which, as you could tell, they realized immediately, oh, that was a bad idea. Wow. This award for dr the dramatic arts sure has no drama. Exactly. So to go back to the way before times, the the Oscars at this time that's not what they were called. They were just still the Academy Awards because it was created. Uh, Louis B. Mayer, uh huh, uh, the originator Louis Mayer. It's me, Louis Mayer. I make all the big pictures. Exactly. He was the originator of the Louis B. Mayer Pictures Corporation, and later. Uh, merged into Metro Golden Meyer slash MGM. Yeah, I know uh, MGM. And okay. it's yeah. He decided to create the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, and exclusively to give out these awards. This wasn't something he created oh, in its own it's right. It's literally just awards. Just to create awards. Cool. However, so he created it. There were 36 founding members. His purpose was, as he claimed at one time, to unite the five branches of the film industry, including actors, directors, producers, technicians, and writers. The official statement overall was that it was a nonprofit organization with the goal of advancing the film industry. However, he also told a newspaper at one point, I found that the best way to handle filmmakers was to hang medals all over them. If I got them cups and awards, they'd, uh, they'd kill them to produce them what they wanted. That's why the Academy Award was created. So the Academy Award was created so by that, Louis Mayer. Yes. A to, producer. Yep. And owner a producer of a and owner of a studio mm -hmm. to make people want to continue to make movies. No, not to continue to make movies, but that if they created awards to give them, not only would they create to do movies, but they will listen to what he said to try to make movies that he thought were better. Listen to me, kid. You got to do what I say, because why? You want that Academy Award, don't you, Coco? Yes. And that, if you think about it, is kind of exactly what happens today. The Wow. Yes. Um, there's also a possible motivation that, uh, statistically, movies were not as popular in the United States in the 1920s as it was in the 1910s. So they were worried that maybe the general public weren't as excited about them. So they were trying to create a way to increase excitement. 
Oh my god. Yes. The founders of uh, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences include Douglas Fairbanks, an actor, and he was then announced to be the president of the Academy. Okay. Yeah. Sid Grauman. What, why do you know that name? Grauman's Chinese theater. Chinese theater and Egyptian theater. He is not involved in the film industry other than he designed and built these theaters. He was an architect? Sort of. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Louis B. Mayer. Mary Pickford, who was married to Douglas Fairbanks. I know Fairbanks. Mary Pickford. Yeah. I know she, my movie history. Yeah. She was in the teens, one of the biggest actresses in the world. She continued through the 20s. She was known as the girl with the curls mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of her curly very, very curly hair that I swear every time I look at a picture, I it has to be a wig. It is a wig. It, it's got to be. It's just so much. Um, what I did not know before this is she co-founded the Fairbanks Pickford Productions. Uh, like company that created movies with Douglas Fairbanks that later became United Artists. Oh. I did not know that. I also did not know that, but truthfully, mm -hmm. how could I know everything? I know. I, I, know I've so guessed so much. Yeah. And Joseph uh, Schneck, oh, sorry, Schenk, who was president of United Artists and would eventually co-found 20th Century Fox. So notice what I'm talking about. They're all involved in creation they're of the films. They're like the founders. Not just the creations, but they're the producers. They're the ones who make the money out of all this. So so there's a lot of insider trading things happening here with yeah. this. Well, it's and all that, just kind of like, like a cottage industry of... Exactly. Like, how do you trust a group of people who benefit from... Getting those awards hey, to giving you out know those what? awards. To be fair, at least they were all different studios. There were a couple different studios. <laughs> and you'll notice when the nominations come out. Warner there, Brothers isn't there. That's the other big studio. Was that around at that time? Was it not? I don't think so. I think that showed up later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if you think about what the Academy is now, do you know like who makes up the body of the Academy? Some old white guys? Yes. And who are old white guys? In the film industry. Producers? Yes. So it's the same. Yeah. If you think about it, the academies consist of the original founders and then people who then later get nominated for or win Academy Awards. And a lot of those people are producers. Yes, because one movie can have any number of producers these days. Right. And in, in first, those days. Yeah. And in for the first few years they did expand it beyond it with basically friends of theirs who worked in the industry so not necessarily that they were nominated cool yeah so this is just so to give a sense of what the academy awards even are who chooses it's not people who it's that old 1920s gl glitterati exactly scene. so they decided to create this award is, to give it to themselves in a lot of ways is this why the producers win best picture Yes. Just f so that they can... Can give it to themselves. Give it to themselves. Yeah. Well, remember when we were talking about the 1939 that it was called Best Production. No, I realize yeah. that. But what I'm saying is to this day still, Best Picture is not given to... The auteur who created it. It's exactly. from the producers the who producers gave it money. the producers who like, saw the vision. Exactly. Cool. That is still how it works. Uh, the Statuette. Uh, asked, uh, with Meyer asked... Cedric Gibbons, who was an art director at MGM to design the Academy Award trophy. Uh, Cedric Gibbons, as an art director, will be nominated 39 times for art direction over the course of the history of it, and he won 11 times. His design of the award, which changed slightly over time, was, in his words, 
It depicts a knight with a crusader's sword standing on a reel of film. That's what the award is based on? Yes. If you think about it, that is kind of what it is, but why? Why did he decide that it was a crusader with an, in a knight? And he's naked. And he's naked, standing on a reel of film. So That you never see. Originally, the reel of film was more obvious that that's what it was. Oh. They just changed it into more of a base as time went on. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Which is still a bizarre image to choose for this thing. Uh, it was 30 centimeters high, which we talked about the height of it previously. Uh, in the early sem- ceremonies, they were sometimes the awards were sometimes referred to as gongs. Oh, no. Yep. Uh, Why? I, I don't know. Because of Grauman? Because Grauman, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They were very racist back then in so many ways. And that they were made from gold-plated solid bronze, which was later substituted into a pewter-like alloy uh, Britannia metal. Okay. Which it's lighter, so it's been able oh, to so it's not so, so it's, heavy, and it's also cheaper to make. I found this little tidbit uh, when the Second World War was going on. Metal shortages uh, between nineteen forty three and nineteen forty five. It's were the so war high. effort, exactly. Do you know what they decided to make them out of instead? What painted plaster? Oh wow! Yeah, and Ugh, when the war sorry was, people it, that got awards during that time i mean they did try after the war to they offered to anyone who received a plaster award that they were allowed to exchange <gasps> them for metal ones if they wanted to and there are several people who kind of said no this is the one i won so i'm hoping oh, i this. would have immediately turned that in <laughs> most people did and then it breaks mm-hmm. oh great well, now i don't great. have an academy award anymore yeah well i could glue it together it's we like don't a have project the, we don't have it's the internet crafting. yet <laughs> to remember why when i won yeah exactly uh do you and this is not this year, but just because we're talking about the statuette, uh, the name for it being called an Oscar, supposedly, because uh, there's multiple ideas about how it happened. Theoretically, popular legend says that the Academy librarian, Margaret Herrick, claimed that the statuette bore a striking resemblance to her uncle Oscar. I want to point out that the statue is naked. It is. I don't want to know why it looks like her uncle Oscar. There was that one time. Don't. That she didn't hear. He had just turned off the shower. So she had to go to the bathroom very badly. No. End of story. I, I was going to let that hang in the air for you. This was in about 1936 and 1937. It was 1939 that the Academy officially decided to embrace this nickname that was apparently like everyone was calling it that at this point. Mm-hmm. So that is the birth of the Oscars. I uh, want to talk briefly about voting, which was uh, I mentioned the idea that it was for the, this weird time frame of things. And then uh, this committee of 36 people nominated who they wanted to. They then decided who won. However, according to King Vidor, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He stepped in to direct um, Wizard of Oz. Yes. The the silent one. See, you yeah. see, I don't. Yeah, I no, that's awesome. Uh, he claimed he was the third person. Yes, he was the the, the last. Finish, the he finish. was the last one to come in and yeah. do the uh, black and white sequences, right? With all the twister and, and the, stuff. Exactly. Cool. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, according to him, uh, the voting for the Academy Award for Best Picture specifically was in the hands of Douglas Fairbanks. Like basically, those four people, the founders that I initially mentioned, not the whole thirty six. That the whole 36 people would have oh, voted, uh, okay. but they, that group of, that smaller group of people kind of went on their own and said, 
the, you know what? This is what we're going to give it to. Got it. Got it. Yes. The, and it was the, the winners were announced publicly three months before the ceremony. Uh, the next year, they realized how stupid that was and how boring the ceremony was. So they would inform the press the day of the ceremony. Okay. Embargoed them uh, to it. Said that they could not release it until 11 p.m. Uh, the night of the ceremony. And that seemed to work until 1940 when the 1939 Oscars happened. We talked about this. The LA Times published the winners early. Yeah. And then it just like was like, oh, who cares? Yeah. And... It was then the following Oscars that envelopes were created because mm-hmm. before the presenter was just told off, like off the side, this is who the winner is. And uh, so they would, come, and then they just walk on stage and say, the nominees are so-and-so, 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 and we're giving it to this person. It's kind of similar to what happens at the Cannes Film Festival. There's not like a big. Sure, thing. but that's not, I guess. And I yeah. realized that they weren't broadcast, but still. Well, they were broadcast. Event. This is something else I found interesting about the ceremony. Okay, because last time you told me they weren't. They were only used for like film reel footage. The footage, yes, but oh, um, they were broadcast over radio. Exactly. Mm. The 1927-28 Oscars are the only Oscars in history to not be broadcast in any way, shape, or form, which makes sense when I tell you about the details of it. Okay. The ceremony was held on May 16th, 1929, at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Uh, it consisted of a private dinner with 36 banquet tables where 270 people attended and tickets cost $5 at the time, which is now equivalent to about $75. It's not cheap. Yeah. The, the food that they served on it was broiled chicken on toast. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and filet of sole saute al beurre. So, so, butter sauteed. Yeah. Sold. Hold up. They, so they sold... So they served the, the, boiled the, chicken on toast. Which was the appetizer. And then just... Filet of sole. Fish. Fish in a butter sauce. They probably sat for who knows how long. Well, here's the fun thing. So that was the a banquet that they were doing. The, it, the ceremony was hosted, hosted by Douglas Fairbanks and lasted 15 minutes. Okay. That's it. Because the, the winners already knew, so it was just like, hey, guys, come up at the stage. I guess. And it was so casual to the point that many of the uh, – they specifically cite the female nominees because this is what it is, that they didn't even bother to dress up too much for it. Of course they didn't. One actress, Why would they? One actress was noted for wearing off-the-rack separates that she had bought, like, years before. Why wouldn't she? Exactly. This was just at a hotel. Why wouldn't she? <laughs> and there was no reason for anyone to really dress up for any particular way reason. No, it wasn't being broadcast. It was 15 minutes. They had boiled chicken on toast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go into the actual nominees in a second because I'm going to get to something that I find that's very important. But uh, William C. DeMille, who was vice president of uh, the Academy, and Cecil B. DeMille's older brother okay. told the audience at the ceremony there is only one award in this whole list that has anything to do with talking pictures. It seems strange when you stop and look over the field and see how many talking pictures are being distributed today. Do you know what I'm possibly referring to? No. So, during this time period uh, that of eligible movies, one very film history important movie came out in that time frame. Mm-hmm. The Jazz Singer. Which is notably the first 
really like American film, and I'm pretty sure like across the board film, to have recorded sound, uh, recorded human voice in it. Right. Much of it is silent, but a couple of the musical sequences had uh, singing attached to it. Okay. The Academy decided that that was such a game changer and that how can you possibly compare silent films to this revolutionary film? So they decided that the jazz singer was ineligible for most of the awards. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, because it would be unfair to compare. I mean, sure. But that feels like where we are now with untraditional production channels like Netflix and oh, Amazon Prime. very much so. Yeah. It's one reason why when we were talking about uh, last time about they're going like, oh, Netflix, that's going to be a dangerous thing. How can you deal with it? It's like, guys, calm down. It's still a movie. So now I'm going to get into the actual awards. Here is the most specific part of this that I want to get into. Okay. They had an award at the time called Outstanding Picture. Okay. Not Best Picture. No. They also had an award called Best Unique and Artistic Picture. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at this time. This sounds suspicious. They were trying to figure out what to do because there was what you'd call popular entertainment. Blockbuster, kind of. Right. Uh, what I would like to define as movies. And film. And then there was films, who had a much more of like an artistic uh, sense behind it. Okay. They weren't necessarily worried about making money. They were trying to tell like a story art. and art and that sort of thing. And they, for some reason, thought, you know what? It's unfair to put those two together. So let's put a group of films that we think are... Ones that are like, oh, this is a motion picture. This ah, is a movie. This is a movie. And then ones are like these. This is a talkie. Oh, no. We have to talk about this in hushed voices. This is art. This one involves the Holocaust. And I realize that the Holocaust won't happen for another 20 years. But I really think this is important. Pretty much. Cool. At the time, they were considered equal footing. Like, there was not one that was more important than the other. Okay. This is the They only- were like best picture and best, like. Other picture. Other picture. Yeah. Cool. This is the only year these categories existed. <laughs> the very following year, not only did they have just outstanding picture. Sure. They then retroactively said, well, you know what? That was actually the more important one. The artistic one is the lesser. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, and this is one Slap reason. in the face. This is one reason why I wanted to bring this up. King Be- Vidor. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my mind. That is really when the Academy decided what it wanted to be. But then it didn't the, decide what it wanted no, to be. No, what I'm saying is, at that year, they decided they wanted to be honoring movies, not films. A fact that I think still fits in nowadays. I don't think that's true, necessarily. Really? No. And I'll say it's be, be Well, you're talking about blockbusters and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think when we... So, you know how today we um, say, like... Uh, about like oh due to like inflation it would actually be this yeah much money i think it's the same thing compare it's a good like comparison for this what they were talking about with movies and with films Mm -hmm. is what we would talk about with like blockbusters summer blockbusters and films to some degree yes so and i think in some ways it just kind of like maybe it's not necessarily they changed but their sensibilities stayed old for so long? To some degree, yes. I definitely agree okay. with that. What I'd also say, though, is 
like there's quite frequently years where things I would describe as films do get nominated. They are not usually ones that yes, win. Yes, I agree. It does kind of hit middle of the road. Yes, and that's basically what it's I'm trying drifted, to say. It's drifted center. Yeah. But it. It's, I would say comparatively, mm-hmm. if that's what the structure you're looking at was film and movies, mm-hmm. they've drifted towards film. With a heavy like element of movie thrown in. Like, for okay. instance, I would say Green Book is a movie. It is a movie. Not a film. Correct. Bohemian Rhapsody is a movie, not a film. Correct. I would say Roma is a film. Yes. I agree with this. Yes. I'm just saying, though, that... I even say the favorite it leans more towards a film. Than it a is movie. a film. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like say like one is better than the other, but it's just the mentality of what went into the making of the movie. No, I agree. And the Academy is very much uh, open to the more digestible than it is. The, sure. The harder hit. Feels I, like it's like five years behind. Also, and it's something that I didn't even really think about much. It's rare for an auteur to win an Academy Award for a movie that feels like an auteur film. Correct. Lars Van Trier is not going to win. No, but like Stanley Kubrick never won. Martin Scorsese didn't win until he did The Departed. Which was a very digestible film. Compared to some of his earlier stuff. Um, But you could go on and on. Haneke will never win. uh, Yeah, he got one nomination for directing. For White Ribbon? No, for Amour. Ah. But he very much did not win that. Yeah. And it's not to say like that's a a bad thing, but when your whole thing is about talking about the film, not just film, but the like the importance of film as an art form, as an art form, it feels weird that you decide "Eh, give it to Green Book. That's too much of an art form. We want to go with something slightly easier. Crash. Yeah. So the thing that won Best Picture, I'm sorry, Outstanding Picture, the first year. Outstanding picture or outstanding film? Uh, outstanding picture. The real winner? The Of course, the real winner. The correct the, the, winner. <laughs> was a movie called Wings. Oh, I've heard this name. Yeah. It's the pilot movie? Yeah, it's an aerial, like, romantic, yeah, 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 war-ish, yeah. like, pilot movie. Sure. It's two and a half hours long. That's too long. <laughs> exactly. It cost $2 million to make, which was apparently the most expensive movie ever made at that time. I mean, that's a lot of money in, in 1920s dollars. Oh, yeah. Very much so. It's uh, There were only three nominations in this category. The other two were sort of Seventh Heaven and The Racket. The Racket is most notable because it was produced by Howard Hughes. Ah, you'd think I would do wings, but nah. Nah. I'm here for gangsters <laughs> and The Racket. Exactly. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm on such a roll. You're doing a really good job. Uh, the- Did you love my Spot on Howard Hughes impression. <laughs> I didn't know Howard Hughes was a muckraker. Well, everyone from this time in my mind was. Uh, best unique and artistic picture went to a movie called Sunrise, Sunset? a song of two humans. Which, oh, that's the most filmy title. Yeah, have you seen that? I assume you haven't. It's, no. It's actually really good and it holds up in a bizarre way. It uh, This story is very melodramatic, but it's basically... Husband and wife live in the country. Girl from the city comes to the country. Two of them fall in love, and she, being a horrible city person, tells him, well, you got to kill your wife. Ethan from? 
Yeah, basically. It's Ethan Frome. And you so just he, described the plot of Ethan Frome. But here's the difference. So he goes in a robo to try to drown her and stuff, but real, he realizes how much in love with her he is, and he can't. She fr- flees because she uh, needs to get away from him. He, she runs to the city. He chases in her city, and the two reconnect and realize how in love they are with each other. This is not romantic. No, it's not. It's also Ethan Frome. Yeah, but basically... With a happier yeah. ending? Yeah, actually. But that's also because Ethan Frome has the saddest, most depressing <laughs> ending. Yes. that re- <laughs> Don't read that book, kids. Oh, no. Kids, if you're listening, don't read that book. I mean, you could read the sleigh ride no. scene alone. because that's No, just, don't read the book. <laughs> don't read. Don't see the movie. It's garbage. <laughs> also nominated was a movie called The Crowd. I thought you were going to say The Craft. I realize you weren't. No, I was not. There was no witches no. in the crowd. The crowd was directed by King Vidor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, also has to do with city life, and it's also really good. And then this movie that, for the life of me, I cannot find called Chang, A Drama of the Wilderness. No. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you can't find that. That film shouldn't exist. <laughs> it's called Chang. And wilderness, we know they're gonna. It's gonna be racist. I like. I honestly can't really find it's much information be, Chris, on it. It's, it's called Chang. I know. The wilderness. I know. I know. I'm agreeing oh with my you. God. I'm just saying. I'm having trouble finding information on it beyond that. Good. Just <laughs> good. As you've noticed, there's uh only like very few nominees in this category. Yeah. I'm correcting myself because you asked something way back when about in the beginning where there were ten nominees. Sure. At the beginning, there wasn't this. At the beginning, there was as many as they could have. And there were only five movies released each year. (laughs) There were more I know. I know. I was making a a bit. bit. I get it. This is still a comedy podcast. (laughs) The best director category was, again, split, but not that way. It was split between comedy picture and dramatic picture. Okay. Yeah, which makes actually sense. makes sense. That makes sense. There were two nominees for comedy picture, two for uh, dramatic picture. Wow, what tension. I know. Well, not even that because of everything that happened. And Was there one movie director and one film director <laughs> there was in each not. category? No. Oh, well. <laughs> and then something else that they did at this time that I appreciate and that a lot of critics groups still do, but the Academy Award does not, for the acting nominations... People were eligible for all the movies they did in that time frame. What? Oh, so if one per- so it was the so- actor, not the part. Exactly. It was that's why it was literally called best actor before that reason. Oh. So like even now the critics groups still do this, but like if you look at a year where uh, what was it like 1999 where Philip Seymour Hoffman did five movies, mm-hmm. critics awards gave him best supporting actor for all those movies. Weird. Which in many ways makes sense because it's like, why would I, I choose this one thing that he did? I it's guess. Like a, yeah. But you're, it's best performance. N- now, now. Now that's basically what it is, but it's still called Also, best actor. because then, to be fair, it is then, no, 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 no. It's mm. not best actor necessarily. It's best agent. It, <laughs> I mean, it really is. And like nowadays, actually, I'm correcting myself. They usually refer to it as best actor in a motion picture. So it is, they changed the name of it to really specify this movie. Correct. And again, there were only two or three nominees in each category. But uh, Best Actor went to Emil Jannings for The Last Command and The Way of All Flesh. Uh, This is a problematic person. 
His performance in The Last Command in particular is fantastic. I've watched it. However, he is a German actor that came over to the United States and then became an actor for the Nazis. Oh, great. And however, when he was on trial... At Nuremberg? Uh, not at Nuremberg, oh. but like basically... Going, he'd walk around holding his Academy Award <gasps> so that troops would realize, oh, he's kind of with Americans. He likes us. No! Yes! It's a bad look, and it apparently worked. Of course it did, Chris. Of course it did. If history sounds nothing, of course that's exactly what worked. (laughs) Yes. And uh, for Best Actress, Janet Gaynor won for Seventh Heaven, Street Angel, Sunrise Song of Two Humans. And she beat out Louise Dresser, and this was a little heartwarming moment, Gloria Swanson. Oh. Yeah. From Sunset Boulevard fame. I know who Gloria Swanson is. For a movie called Sadie Thompson, which I know pretty much nothing about. Wow, that movie sounds thrilling. <laughs> it really does. Oh, Sadie. It's actually Sadie Hawkins. It, her full name was Sadie Thomas Hawkins, and it was the story of <laughs> Sadie Hawkins, which I know is not true because <laughs> Sadie Hawkins was a thing in Lil Abner. <laughs> was it? I actually know nothing about this. It was. Cool. The more you know. Ba, ba, ba. There were three um, writing awards. One was Best Original Story. Oh, we talked about this. Well, no, this is slightly different. Best Original Story, Best Adaptation, and then my favorite, Best Title Writing. Because they were silent movies. Okay. No, And what's kind of cool is if you think about it, because there's so little dialogue in these movies, Best Story just meant with like the concept of the movie. Yeah. Best Adaptation was... Oh, here's this play or a book or something. Mm -hmm. And we figured out how to make it into a thing. This was, uh, that was Jazz Singer's one nomination. Well, we also know that in that time, plays didn't have words. (laughs) That is pretty (laughs) famously well known. (laughs) Words weren't created on stage. No, No. words (laughs) in America. In American plays. Because clearly, like, Shakespeare knew what he was doing. American plays. <laughs> and we all know that O'Neill just did, like, comedic farce. <laughs> Wordless farce. It's the funniest farce. It's why you won Pulitzer Prizes for yeah. such great farce. <laughs> this is a factual podcast. This is. Take everything I say <laughs> as fact. Uh, and what I also love is that one, uh, the best title writing specifically, they decided to give it to people and not specify any film they were gi- giving what? it for. They're just they were like people that were hired like by a thing to John Richman. Uh, the winner was Joseph W. Farnham for no specific film because he worked on so many films. It was just like, oh, this guy's really good at writing titles. So, how many years did he win? Every year for six years? <laughs> no. This was the only time they had this thing because the next season, next uh, Oscars, sound films were the dominant thing. But yeah, he was not the only one. George uh, Marion Jr. also was for no specific thing. And then uh, Gerald Duffy, who was already dead at the moment, uh, for The Private Life of Helen of Troy. And the last thing was Best Engineering Effects, meaning Best Special Effects, went to Wings. And the other two nominees were, again, for no specific film. Cool. There were two honorary Oscars that went out this year. One was for the jazz singer uh, for producing the pioneer outstanding talking picture, which had revolutionized the industry. 
just because they apparently just wanted to give it something. Well, it was was it a Meyer film? Uh, no, it was Warner film? Brothers. Oh, you're right, Warner Brothers. Oh my God, Alexander. <laughs> oh my God, you you're, you are doing so well this episode. I am now angry at you <laughs> because I'm just ghostlighting you, hun. You mean gaslighting? I'm just gaslighting you, hun. Mm. <laughs> I knew Warner Brothers was a studio at that time, and you dismissed me. Yeah, I know. When you I'm wrote sorry. your notes. I did. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Listener, I think this episode has finally proven that you shouldn't listen to a word Christopher says, because Christopher is a liar. And Alexander How dare you? is the Cassandra, mm-hmm. who's truth-telling all the time. <laughs> Continue with your lies. There was one other honorary Oscar winner, and that was Charlie Chaplin. Okay. Who did a film called The Circus that came out this year that was originally nominated for directing, acting, and writing. Okay. Apparently, though, the Hollywood studios did not like the fact, did not like Chaplin. Cool. So they decided, oh, we don't want this guy to win, let alone possibly win three times. So let's rescind all of his nominations. And give him an honorary Oscar for, quote, for versatility and genius in acting, writing, directing, and producing the circus. So they just gave him four they awards him, rolled up in one. Yeah, they just gave him one award because they were afraid he would sweep in some way. A and sweep their six awards. Yes. they. There was also something notable that apparently the public, when the Oscars decided to do this, felt very strange that a movie called The General by Buster Keaton mm-hmm. did not get any nominations because it was a huge hit. Yeah. It was considered still today one of the best films ever made, right. let alone one of the best silent comedies. Right, right. And people were kind of like, hmm, I wonder why. And it's because it wasn't at one of their studios. Hmm. Yeah. But WB got nominated. <laughs> yeah. So, For one thing. Y- yeah. So it's okay. Oh, actually, no, to be clear, it did not, it, it got nominated. Jazz Singer. Remember? Was Warner Brothers? Was Warner Brothers. Oh, so, so not only so also all that. did you not know that Warner Brothers was a studio at this time. <laughs> I, I'm i pointing out the fact that there was many reasons why okay. they decided to rescind the jazz singer. Okay. And basically say, hmm, I don't like this idea. Okay. Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, and the jazz singer might take our awards from us. Our from awards the, that we created. That we created. To give ourselves. <laughs> to give ourselves. We don't like this I idea. Mean, to be fair. Yeah. It's one reason why foreign films, I think, don't get nominated a lot here, too, is because, well, they didn't produce them. I mean, that's true. Like, who knows? Also, you have to read. <laughs> Wait a second. You have to read in silent movies. Yeah, but they were used to that at the time. No. I'm talking now. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> it's L.A. Nobody reads in okay, L.A. Okay, true. <laughs> we say this as L.A. boys ourselves. But yeah, that was the very first Oscars. They made a lot of mistakes that they then tried to fix, but there's a lot of things that are still kind of there from there. Still here. Yeah. The foundations are... The foundations have been laid on sandy They're rotting. They're rotting away. Thank God. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) And I'm starting to wonder, really, if this podcast is you tricking me into not liking these Here's the thing, though. Yay. I'm still because we're not going to talk about the Oscars for a while. I promise. Hooray. But I still, I I don't agree with them the majority of the time. But there's still something 
for me about the you like lists so I like this is lists. why you I like, like I them. like compiling things I like looking Compare at statistics it. comparing yeah and really trying to guess what other people guessing think to and be do. right you exactly. like all this stuff that's really my thing like and as we say in these first five episodes the Oscars get many things wrong but you know what some things are right thwart pink no that was a really bad transition okay why don't you try it then but if you think we're right you should rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, and tell your friends. And tell your friends with children. Because remember, we're a family-friendly podcast. We oh, it's so hard to do. We didn't swear once. Yeah. I, I don't know what's... It's so hard for me. I love to swear, though. I know, but... So don't. if you want to hear us swear... You may check out Podletum. That's uh, America's Next Top Pod... <laughs> That's America's Next Top Pod... That's America's Next Top Model Podcast, spelled backwards, <laughs> where me, Hannah Jenkinsberg, and J.W. Crump talk about our favorite television show, America's Next Top Model, all the way from the beginning. Cycle 1, Episode 1. It's amazing. You should listen to it. And listen to our other Thwarp Inc. podcast, which is not family-friendly. Whose name are we even allowed nope. to say? Nope. Nope. So you, the- our censors are saying no. The Beecast? Uh, the Beecast. But you can find that if you search Thwarp Inc. That's T-H-W-R-P-I-N-C. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Thwarp Inc. Uh, and let us know. Reach out to us. Tell us what you would like to hear about. Um, and Chris and Chris can do all that research and I will do none of it. Yes. And you will still somehow correct me. Oh, I'll I'm be wrong. I'll guess that I'm right. <laughs> so for it's not just to be podcasted, I'm Alexander Price. I'm Christopher Basile, and this was a shaky foundation. Shake, 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 shake. Goodbye! <laughs>